0: all you 80s brats, 90s kids, and early otters, it is Sam and Rachel's The Generation Gap. My name is Sam DeRost. My name is
1: Rachel Rosenthal.
0: And we are a real-life couple. That's right. We are married in real life. That is the truth. That's
1: the truth, and don't look it up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that is the truth is our age difference. Isn't that right, Rachel?
1: Yeah, our age difference is the truth.
0: That's the truth.
1: (laughs) We have a 12-year age gap, which means that there's a certain decade that is uncomfortable for us to talk about, and we can't really relate uh, during those years.
0: Mm -mm. That's why we started doing this podcast, so that we can kind of fill each other in bit by bit on things that we might have missed.
1: Yeah, and then hopefully learn a little bit about each other and grow towards each other in the process. Yes,
0: because this is all about furthering our love, isn't it, Rachel?
1: Absolutes. All right. And also furthering the fun.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, what's uh, this week's topics look like? All
1: right. Just well, get them
0: off the press there. Just
1: hot off the press. Uh, Denise, can you pass those over? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, my topic for this week uh, is Dave Matthews Band, specifically from uh, 1993
0: to 1995 or so. Yeah. And I am talking about Dashboard Confessional, the emo singer-songwriter hit from 2001 to 2006, if you're being generous. Mm -hmm. All right. But there was a time where we didn't know anything about these topics.
1: Yes. And God, I wish I could go back to not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll, get into it. We'll get into it. But one week ago, uh, we found out how much each of us know uh, in this in the dark clip. Here we go. So this is our In the Dark segment, where we interview each other about how much we know about each other's topic for the week. Uh, So I guess I'll start. Uh, The topic that I chose this week was the Dave Matthews Band, which (laughs) honestly makes me laugh just saying it out loud. (laughs) And my question for you, Sam, is do you know what the Dave Matthews Band is? What do you
0: know about it? Um... Until you started this segment, I wasn't actually sure if it was the Dave Matthews Band or if it's just Dave Matthews Band. And honestly, we're
1: going to need to go to our fact checker, Denise, to look that up. <laughs> okay, Denise. Denise, can you
0: get on that? Dave Matthews Band falls into the uh, the category in my brain of my older brother's music that I just never could get into. Yeah. Okay? There's a couple bands, and I'm sure we'll cover them in future episodes. Yeah. But... Uh, Dave Matthews Band. I remember like hearing it. I know that there's. Can a- you
1: describe the sound? Yeah, I was, okay.
0: <laughs> I was just about to get into it. Sorry. Um, that there's like a lot of saxophone, mm. and there's a lot of like. <laughs> That's what
1: I was waiting for. You know,
0: like, but not in like a butt rock kind of way, but in like, I know it's like, it's kind of like the Grateful Dead, almost like a <laughs> '90s hippie. Like <laughs> great, like I know it's not like like jam band. Well, it's kind of jam bandy, but it's not mm. psychedelic.
1: Can you? Okay, I love this. Can you? You you. Uh, can you name? You know three songs. No. <laughs> can you name one song? Yeah. Which one?
0: Crash into me. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. I know that.
0: I couldn't sing it for you. Okay. I assume it would go
1: crash
0: into me. Close, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, great. So, uh, it sounds like you don't have much of a relationship to Dave Matthews Band. No. Uh, or as the fans call him,
0: Dave. DMB.
1: Well, DMB or Dave. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, uh, all I know kind of about the band is that, about the, you know, the, the incident over the bridge. I
1: have no idea what The tour bus about. thing? What are you talking
0: about? I believe this is true, and see, future Sam and Rachel Kane confirm.
1: Well, we'll go to Denise for the facts. Oh, you're right, sorry. <laughs>
0: so yeah, Denise will let us know if Dave Matthews Band emptied their tour buses, like, you know, like reservoir of, like, shit shit over a river, and people were in a boat, <gasps> and I think like, that's, that's what I heard. And that's what you
1: know about Dave Matthews Band, <laughs> but, or maybe the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. We'll talk about it with future Sam and Rachel uh, right. shortly.
0: Awesome. All right, Rach. My topic to kind of counter Dave Matthews Band this week is a band <laughs> called Dashboard Confessional. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not saying that they're equal to Dave Matthews Band. in no. Almost any way because it's hard to know, because I don't know Dave Matthews Band, but I just chose Dashboard Confessional. What do you know about it?
1: Well, I have a dashboard confession to make, Sam. I I can't think of a goddamn thing I know about dashboard confessional. There's so many bands from that era, whatever era that is, by the way, where they all in my head are just like one band, and yeah. I not I can't I can't name a sound, I can't name a genre, except like. I just feel like. Do
0: you know what? Kind of Music Dashboard Confessional?
1: I mean, my guess is it would be like some kind of rock, maybe like a grunge rock
0: or something. Okay, cool. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) A pop rock? I don't know. Um, It's great that you don't know absolutely anything. I
1: really want to hear the beginning of a song so that I could go, I know that
0: song. All right. So if I told you that this band's most popular song was called Vindicated. Uh Uh-huh. Would that do anything for you? That would not vindicate me by
1: any means. (laughs) No
0: I I got one more. I got one more to throw at you, okay? Okay. Hands down.
1: Oh, no. I still have no idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. By the time people Uh, are listening to this, you have been familiar with all of these things. I mean,
1: this is why this section is called In In the the Dark.
0: dark.
1: (laughs) Back to you, future (laughs) Sam and Rachel. Wow. Wow. I wish I could go back to then knowing nothing about Dashboard. I mean, I'm glad I listened to Dashboard Confessional as I got to know you a little better, babe.
0: Yeah. Well. But otherwise. I knew. (laughs) I knew when I chose Dashboard Confessional that I was not going to convert you.
1: No.
0: I think... There's a lot with emo music where it's a you had to be there Well, thing.
1: first of all, the fact that it was emo was surprising to me. Right. And In that
0: th- clip, you said, is it grunge?
1: <laughs> I thought it was going to be like another, um, I don't know, like a Blink-182 kind of thing. Right. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's like, you broke my heart. Wah.
0: I feel like you didn't listen to. Anything.
1: I did, I did listen. Now
0: I think just, lyrically you were right on yeah, there, yeah. you know. But
1: okay. Won't you rock my heart. I don't know. I can't do it.
0: <laughs> well, he's a true talent, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, well, okay, we're gonna get into it. But I, do, when you say he, I just want to say that lead singer looks like our friend Chris Duffy. <laughs> yeah. And I just want that on tape. Yeah.
0: Oh man, yeah, it was it was really interesting watching you, um, kind of go through Dashboard this week. You know, I I, I kind of prepared you. What I told Rachel to listen to was, kind of a couple songs from uh, the places you've come to fear the most. Their kind of first breakout album, and then uh, a few songs from a Mark omission, a, a Brand a Scar, which I think is prime Dashboard confessional. Fight me, listeners, <laughs> and then uh, a. Uh, basically vindicated. I almost skipped Dusk and Summer, and that's because I'm a fan of the early days of emo, and I kind of got out in 2006, which I think was a good move.
1: Now, um, if you could, just for anyone who might be in the dark like I was, what exactly is Dashboard Confessional? Like, how would you explain it?
0: Mm-hmm. I think Dashboard Confessional is one of the pioneers of emo music, especially from the singer-songwriter perspective. Um... I think the thing with the word emo, and um, it's just a weird genre and a weird fad that w- was the most popular thing when I was in high school. And
1: what? And what years was that? Uh,
0: that I was in high school.
1: <laughs> and when we're emo- talking like
0: 2004 to
1: 2009. Oh my god, that's so fucking disturbing.
0: <laughs> Where were you in 2004?
1: 2004, I was engaged to someone else. <laughs> because <laughs> i was like you're in like my 20s.
0: yeah you're like well there's this hot high school freshman i've got to marry
1: <laughs> um i never married that guy p.s um but uh, i did <laughs> i was yeah i was working and living in boston it's just crazy um and also i'll say i didn't even know the word emo as a music genre until after emo was probably over. Because I, again, I was just, it wasn't my generation, you know? Right.
0: And I didn't choose my generation. No, no, no. Here's what I'm going to say. I have a bunch of nostalgia for emo music, but I will say that I think that my generation in particular, I was born in 1991, had the worst music of all time (laughs) growing up.
1: Yeah. And this podcast is not about what is better. Mm -mm. This is not like a, especially this episode. No. We're not I'm not here to stand up for Dave Matthews fan either. <laughs> it's just like these are this these are pop culture references from our life that shaped us in some way and were around when we were growing up and I want to hear, you know, those kinds of mm. stories.
0: Yeah. I think um you know my first impressions of dashboard confessional were at a very different time in my life you know i was i was probably 12 or 13 (laughs) and it seemed like this guy knew a lot about love and girlfriends you know and that you were probably
1: swimming in both me love and girlfriends
0: Kind (laughs) of. But I did it the the dashboard confessional way. I learned how to play acoustic guitar. All right. And I think this is really going to be the theme that ties Mm. this episode together with all of our subjects is a a guy with an acoustic guitar guitar trying to get laid. It.
1: I mean... In high school, yeah. if we had been the same age, right. I would have fallen for it. Oh, yeah. I remember going to this party. I was in this like Jewish youth group, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I somehow ended up, I think, through someone from the youth group at, at a party in Greenwich, Connecticut, which as you know because we've driven through there is like very wealthy and kind of uncomfortably so i just remember being in someone's humongous house and going into this like walking around looking for the one girl i knew and walking into this one room and there was a guy playing um oh my god what's that song Leaving on a soul train, only yesterday you lied. You know that song? Yeah. Who is it? I don't know. Yes, you do. Oh, it's, um, I'm not even able to think of it.
0: Anyway. Oh, uh, Denise? Denise? Denise, can we get a ruling on that? Oh, by the way, Denise did, oh, thank you, Denise. She's just (laughs) handing me these papers right now. Apparently as... It's just called Dave Matthews Band no. and not the Dave Matthews <laughs> oh, Band. Oh, well
1: that is true. Also,
0: yes. Denise, once we get into Dave Matthews Band, she's got something to say about an incident over one Chicago <laughs> River, but we'll get into it.
1: Anyway, all I'm saying is I remember I don't remember anything else about that party, but I wanted to get with that guy playing that guitar and I from then on really liked that song.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I anyway. think I think that we are just sharing with each other, Mm -hmm. our generation's fuckboy music.
1: Right. That's the connection between these two bands. Yeah.
0: So like I said, um, early on, I just thought Dashboard was the most sincere, you know, (laughs) the most like heart on your sleeve thing. Like uh, what's what I actually find actually still interesting about Dashboard Confessional is he sings songs in a range that is, they're not good for human voices to sing. And I I think what comes out is a lot of emotion when you hear him like sing those like high things where he's almost kind of screaming, Mm -hmm. but not like screamo, but just like loud singing. And, but when you get a bunch of emo kids in a room and, and, you know, that, uh, you know, that like guitar feedback before Vindicated drops. Like you will have a bunch of people scream singing along. And I feel like that's what does make a, a, a great emo song.
1: When Sam was introducing me to Dashboard Confessional uh, last week, uh, the first thing he said was, get into a breakup place. Before you listen to this music And I feel like that does say a lot Mm -hmm. That says a lot because I was like That was not what I was expecting this band to be at all But so I watched Sam showed me Sam and I each showed each other um, Like a couple songs and then the rest of the week We did it on our own But you showed me this music video That was like Everyone was like passing needles, like heroin needles or something.
0: Rachel's referring to the music video for Screaming Infidelities that was the footage used was for a MTV, made for MTV movie.
1: (laughs) And had, what's his face? Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul from...
0: Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Man, you're doing great. By the yeah.
1: way, by the way, audience, we're recording this in quarantine and I've completely lost all my words and my vocabulary and my references because all I do is hang out indoors with this human being in front of me. So anyway, uh, it had Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad in it. I don't know. I just think there was like this genre. There was this like time where like heroin and like was very rock and roll and whatever and it was in all these movies there's a lot of movies around that about heroin and i hate it yeah heroin is terrifying but anyway you know what else was terrifying that music i thought it was really bad (laughs) (laughs) but you know i watched it um my first i will
0: before we leave uh that uh real quick that was the mtv music video of the year that year
1: wow and that just shows where we were in that time and what year was that
0: i think it was 2002 or something 2001 yeah um yeah well also i'm just noticing like oh they chose the music video that was had footage from their made for mtv music or movie you know what i mean like like a
1: little cross promotion. exactly cross promotion was going on Mm -hmm. yeah um, my first thoughts, well,
0: dashboard promotional more than like
1: hello. Yeah, we'll get into it. When I first saw the lead singer, I was like, he looks like the main guy from Office Space, uh, Ron Livingston. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, or Chris Duffy, our friend Chris Duffy. <laughs> um, and I just felt like a lot of the songs it makes sense. Like a lot of the songs to me belong in a high school drama TV show, yes. like Party of Five. Right like did you Did you know Party of Five
0: Nope future episode
1: Well yeah so it's like So Party of Five was on When I was like in high school It was probably like 1995 And so you were four And that is like the exact same thing Right where it's like you were watching this in high school and that was the music that was associated with it. So for that, I actually really do understand, like, why you were drawn to this. You were probably like, oh, what was me? Like, girlfriends and blah, 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 you know? Yeah. This Um, was
0: my first exposure to, um... You know, if you are just like introverted and sad and serious, that's what girls want. <laughs> oh, you know? my
1: God. Meanwhile, I, like, I was like, I need a funny boy. Give me a
0: clown. Stop. <laughs> Emphasis on the boy.
1: Hello. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was oh, like. What?
0: Oh, what? Sorry. This just in from Denise. It looks oh. like it's Stone Temple Pilots. Thank
1: you. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Great song. Thanks, Denise. Um, <laughs> we have such a great staff. Here. Yeah. I kept waiting for there to be a song by Dashboard Confessional where I went, oh, these guys, Mm-mm. that moment never came. This, this band is a little too obscure for me. I had no fucking clue. Right. Um, but I, I was like, okay, it reminds me of like Death Cab for Cutie yes. or something like that. Right. And I feel like, was that around the same time?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's contemporaries. I think Dashboard peaked a little earlier. Um, but that's the same feel, right? That singer-songwriter, yeah. acoustic guitar,
1: and I went through a breakup in like 2007 when you were still in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. I I had a breakup then too.
1: Oh, maybe we should compare them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Did you break up with her because she had just gotten her period? <laughs> That was weird. Uh, I will not acknowledge. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But yeah, I remember listening to I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab uh, post that breakup, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think
0: Death Cab definitely uh, was a little bit more, you know, uh, commercially successful.
1: Can I ask you this? This made me think of breakup albums and breakup songs in general. So uh, what you know what was like a go-to album or song or musician for you when you were going through a breakup
0: um dashboard confessional um maybe yeah i think there's i think a lot of like emo stuff i think it depends on the breakup now if i was going through a breakup i think it would i would not tell me well i guess i mean are we
1: breaking up on the (laughs) pod
0: Look, I just need everyone to know this. All right. <laughs> I break up. Um I mean,
1: I remember in my early twenties, yeah. uh, it was like Sarah McLaughlin was like right. my thing. But then later on it was at, or but in high school it was Oleannis Morissette. You right. know, so it kinda of depended. Do I want to be sad? Do I want to be angry? Right. You know.
0: Yeah, dashboard doesn't give you that anger. This is really the self pity sad boy. <laughs> I I understand why it's very off-putting if you didn't grow up with it. I thought
1: Screaming Infidelities, that song, was actual torture. Uh, But I did think the song Saints and Sailors wasn't (sighs) bad.
0: Yeah, how does that one go?
1: Um, Probably like... "Mm -hmm." So, that one's good.
0: Yeah, Saints and Sailors, very good. Yeah, I think the dashboard has a little bit more, you know, heart and less... um, I don't know, uh, skepticism? What's the word I'm looking for about the world? It's a little bit like, oh, I I just happened to get hurt. Yeah. I think it's very manipulative.
1: (laughs) I definitely could see myself listening to that song 25 years ago, which is when I would have been at the right age. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. There was like one song where I was listening to that I was like, do they know any other (laughs) like strum? Patterns or like chord progressions But um, yeah So it was fun, good lesson Yeah Um, Do you have like any specific um, Thoughts about your relationship to it Or how this band might be indicative of its time Or anything like that
0: Yeah, I think, well, uh, first of all I think like as much as Dashboard Might be kind of like whiny crap It is important, I think For the story of emo music um, I had a dashboard, I had two dashboard confessional t-shirts, never saw them live, um, but I, I do feel like it, uh, yeah, it has a very special place in my heart, and I do feel like it is uh, definitely indicative of, of its time. In fact, I think it is only indicative of, indicative of its time, and it uh, is not very timeless at all. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. All right. Well... That was Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, now you are caught up, babe. All right. I feel I feel okay. <laughs>
1: Should we move on to the topic of my day? Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, first of all, it's called Dave Matthews Band, not the Dave Matthews Band. Correct. And I kind of realized that right away, especially because I know that people call Dave Matthews Band Dave. You know, like, yeah. you're going you're gonna to listen to some Dave? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't say, you're going to listen to... The Dave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So yeah, let's talk about Dave Matthews Band. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Dave Matthews Band uh, is a. I mean, I guess they are from here in the states, but Dave Matthews himself is the front man of this band, and he is South African, I believe. Uh, and yeah, they came out in like from Virginia in the early nineties. Now that I've re-listened and gone back, I realize that they really are um, a jam band. They really are a jam band. Uh, I think, like, they are probably classified as jam band and or, like, rock, for sure. Uh, But I don't think I really remembered that. It It took me, like, I haven't listened to Dave Matthews' band in a million years, and I thought I kind of hated it now, and then I, like... Listen to those old albums from like 93 and 94 this past week, and I was like, Oh my god, I was truly transported to such a specific time in my life.
0: Uh, yeah, I let's talk a little bit about what era of Dave Matthews we're talking about. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I guess I learned. I mean, I learned this week that Dave Matthews is still going strong, and there's a ton of albums, and I really don't know them, I know the early albums. Uh, I, I remember his first two or three albums very clearly, which was Under the Table and Dreaming and Crash Into Me. Those were like the two big ones that were his early on ones that I really loved. And they came out in like 93, 94, maybe Crash Into Me was like 96. And so I was a freshman in high school in 1994. How how about you?
0: In 1994, <laughs> you were three. I could have been three. Depends on what time of the year we're talking about.
1: <laughs> three years old.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I. You heard in in the in the dark segment. That I was able to identify that Dave Matthews was a jam band, and I was insecure about saying that. You gave me a look, and I was like, oh, no, was I wrong? But I remembered watching some kind of like behind the music or something on Dave Matthews or something when I was a kid about how they started out just playing live, and they didn't record albums, Mm. that they were just a live band, and people would have like tapes or recordings of their live sets only for a long time.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned you were like, I feel like it's like the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And I laughed. But now going back. So my main connection in Dave Matthews Band was live shows like 100 percent. My friends and I used to see a ton of live shows and also like Jerry Garcia died in like 1995 or something like that. So it makes sense to me that this kind of like carried on this like live music situation. I never saw the Grateful Dead. Um, but my friends and I, we grew up in Stanford, Connecticut, as you know, and we would drive to Hartford to the Meadows and it was this outdoor concert venue and it was dope. It was like there was like a couple rows of actual seats and then everyone else like sat in this huge yard at the Meadows and it was the best. And we would just go see live shows there all the time. And it was such a huge part of high school. And I really forgot until this week.
0: Yeah, I think like also listening to these albums, I was the first thing that struck me was like how there's like a violin and a saxophone. No, I should say a fiddle mm-hmm. and a saxophone. Punk, it, yeah! It felt like it was like the South and New York City together. And I love genre in music. I love when it sounds like a villain song. I love yeah. when it sounds like whatever kind of song it well, sounds like. Well, you
1: musical theater, so that makes yeah. a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> I do. I like playing with genre. and But the the combination of those two... And the fact that it is a jam band, so it's always kind of switching it up on you. Mm -hmm. I never could nail down exactly what Dave Matthews' band is.
1: We listened to a few songs together like a few days ago, and you were like, I can't get a hold of this like melody or this chord progression. And I was like, what are you talking
0: about? It's fucking perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I actually think that another way that these two acts are very similar is that I don't think that their melodies are easy to follow Mm -hmm. or easy to remember. And you just memorize it and you scream it because you know it. Dave Matthews
1: loves to just like jump an octave. You know, he's just like, you know, Um, I will say like I this week, it brought back so many memories. But will I start listening to Dave Matthews again? Probably not. Like, it really, for me, is all about the nostalgia, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's the same, same, same here.
1: And I do realize now, so I, uh, listeners at home, you might not know this, I was, I mean, so I think this really did affect me. I was um, super into hip hop when I was, like, in, in middle school because I was around during like the best era of hip hop ever, 90s hip hop. And then in high school, I feel like this, I started like widening a little bit and listening to like folk and rock and whatever. Obviously at home with my family, we listen to everything. We listen to a lot of Beatles, a lot of like 60s stuff. Um, but like this, you know, I started listening to like Indigo Girls and this and that. And I just started seeing a lot of live music. And so between like going to Dave Matthews shows and other like concert, I would, we saw Bob Dylan in high school, just like all these bands. And I realized that was probably like my little launch pad for becoming a little hippie that I was in college because I totally turned into this little like hippie chick who like followed jam bands around.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess I assumed that that was your Dave Matthews phase was more in college, but it sounds like it was just a little high before that. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, totally. It was high school. And then in college... I followed around strange folk.
0: <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> which was this like jam band out of uh, Vermont.
0: Also, I found that I knew a few more of the songs than just Crash Into Me, and I knew that Crash Into Me is the Big Dave Matthews band song, but even hearing it today, I'm still like I can't believe that this is the big one. Yeah, I uh, see that. I it, it blows my mind that it's like this ballad just because the other ones that i knew were like ants marching and what would you say and i feel like those are like more high energy ones that i was like oh when as soon as i heard them, like oh i'm a little bit more familiar with this also those are two songs that i feel like i can get a hold of (laughs) I know how they work and I, I feel that. Also the song, Where Are You Going? I remember my older brother cleaning our living room to that song.
1: And I do feel like that song was just a little bit later, like maybe a slightly later album. Where Are You Going? Where oh, is that right? Where are you going? Yeah. That one.
0: I was just listening to some DMV I, with my bro and it came on. So. so
1: I really loved Jimmy Thing was like one of my jams. And I think it's about weed. Um, um, but like going to shows uh at the meadows was all about like some we'd pile into someone's car, right? We'd pile into someone who's a couple years older than us car. I'm talking about Brahm and I and Wendy, my girls. We would like climb into probably my friend Helena's car. She was a couple years older than us. So she had her license. We'd drive we'd pile so many people in there, drive up to the meadows in hartford to go see the show drink a little bit probably smoke and stuff and then like this long drive home where like someone would be making out with somebody in the car i mean classic stuff uh but jimmy thing was great dancing nancy's i feel like they were totally like songs that went on for fucking ever though that now would drive me insane because now i'm like get to the chorus and cut it <laughs> Oh, I had this one quick funny story. I uh, texted my girlfriends to say, like, what what are, what are, were some of our memories, <laughs> you know, of Dave Matthews? Because I need to remember. And Wendy, my bestie, my maid of honor. So she was the one who got all of us into Dave Matthews. Because one of the cool, like, juniors, like, we were, like, freshmen in high school. And one of the juniors in high school uh, lived on her street who was really cool. Chris Kessler was his name. And uh, invited Wendy to go see a live concert. And they like went to this live show, probably like Roseland or something in the city. And uh, then she got a tape from this like really cool high school guy who was a swimmer. And it was a tape and it said under the table and dreaming on it. And she was like, oh, my God, Paul made me a mix and he titled it something super cool. But it wasn't a mix. It was it was his album. And it was like. He had ripped the album for her and put it on cassette Which is how old this story was But uh, I thought that was awesome And then once she saw them She was like guys we gotta go see this band And then we like all went
0: That's amazing It's so funny
1: Oh I do have a couple of Dave Matthews Band facts
0: Okay great And I have a, I have a Dave Matthews Band story to go okay. along with
1: So uh, one thing um, I was looking online just for a couple quick fast facts You know And one thing is that There's people that think like they should be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe they're not in the Hall of Fame, but they do still play and have a ton of albums that like do really well. And the highest this is a fun fact I read. The highest grossing touring act of the 2000s was not U2 or The Stones or Madonna. It was Dave Matthews band. Um, Also, they have the most consecutive number one debuting studio albums ever for a group. They have seven. And the only other two rock bands um, that have had more top 10 albums are The Stones and The Beatles. Wow. That's it. So I thought those were like two pretty good facts for for Dave, for Dave and his friends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's that cult following, right? It's that like Grateful Dead-like you know, mob mentality of like people following Dave Matthews. I mean, how many how many bands are followed these days?
1: I know. Well, my friend Rocky, you know Rocky, like he still goes to see Dave Matthews all the time. He, he'll text me. He's like, I'm going to see Dave. And I literally remember saying to Rocky last year when he asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, People still see Dave Matthews like I had no idea.
0: I, I talked to my oldest brother that you know we were doing this. I said, "What's your relationship to Dave Matthews?" And he was kind of dismissive of it. And I go, hey, "And he's my age." Yeah, yeah. And and I said, "Well, have you ever seen him in concert?" He goes, "Yeah, sure, like six times." <laughs> <laughs> and so it just seems like yeah, Dave Matthews band is so is so ingrained with that period of time. Definitely made made a bigger mark than Dashboard Confessional if mm-hmm. we're if we're at that point, but. It, it It's amazing how deep it runs with anyone at that age.
1: By the way, I did want to mention, you know, you were kind of talking about the saxophone. You know I'm a big Billy Joel head, so I gotta love that sax. Yeah. Now, what the hell is this tour bus story? Okay, let's Denise? get into
0: it. Denise, the year is 2004. The Dave Matthews Band has booked rooms at the Peninsula Hotel.
1: Okay. Okay
0: somewhere in East Troy, Wisconsin. Okay. Sure. They are driving not, not Troy, East Troy. Yeah, they are driving over the Kinsey Bridge in uh, above the Chicago River. There are tour buses. There are tour boats on the river.
1: Like seeing the sights of East Troy and all it has to offer.
0: Well, they were going to East Troy, Wisconsin. <laughs> um it looks like they were well, You know, they had
1: to see all the sights, they had to see the clock tower. The uh, the
0: big uh, I think it's near compass? Chicago. All this all this stuff says Chicago. <laughs>
1: okay, so there's tour boats on the river, and they're driving over the bridge.
0: They're driving over the bridge, and they decide to empty the contents of the bus's septic tank through a metal grate, intending to deposit it into the Chicago River below.
1: Oh God!
0: Now this contents we're talking about 800 pounds of hippie shit oh my god that's some psychedelic waste yeah <laughs> and it did um land on 120 passengers aboard a tour boat oh my god soaked.
1: and they never showered again five passengers
0: how Went to the hospital
1: (laughs) Oh my god That's horrible And I love that That's your one memory But I will say That was 2004 I was way past Dave Matthews By that time Because as we know I was like Living and up in Boston You though Were in high school So that was why That story really hit you Where I was like You know what I'm gonna follow like who's this Obama guy speaking at the DNC? You know that was two thousand four. Great me, band. To me, great band. <laughs> DNC or Obama?
0: Oh my god! Don't <laughs> get me started. Love them both.
1: All right. So rounding this out, any final thoughts on DMB?
0: Yeah, I, you know, just on a personal level, and this goes this goes for mine too. You just can't go back in time. No. Nope. For these bands. You either had it or you didn't. Because for me, it sounds like, I just can't help but think it sounds like a rejected opening of the Saturday Night Live theme song. No,
1: that's right. Yeah. And
0: I just can't get into Dave Matthews' voice and uh, and how the songs go.
1: Yeah. I think there's a couple I could listen to today, here and there. Am I going to listen to a whole album? No. Am I going to listen to a live album? Absolutely not. But there's a couple songs that I'm like, I'll sing along with this now.
0: Absolutely. These things are about nostalgia. Totally. And and it's crazy to me that, you know, this is like, knowing you, you have impeccable taste in music. And I feel like um, it's, you know, it. It's so weird that a whole generation is just obsessed with Dave Matthews. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There are several things. I mean, this is what the whole podcast is, but it, it does. I can't understand it.
1: This is totally out of order, but you can edit it. But I did want to mention one thing that's interesting, which is that at the time when Dave Matthews was first getting really popular in the 90s when I was like in high school, um, they were there was like what were they called? it was like everyone was like, that's a band for like college hat kids. It was like white boys that wore these like college hats that said like Dartmouth or whatever. And those were the dudes that like listened to Dave Matthews. And everyone was like, those guys are the worst. But then I think they're still listening, as are other people, I guess.
0: Yeah, overall. but those people have like kids now.
1: Those people, yeah. And they're, and probably own a bank. Yeah.
0: Oh, I was thinking about the act that bridges these two. Okay. okay, if we're talking about fuckboy music, okay, a guy and an acoustic guitar and the power that that holds. So the act that bridges the gap between Dave Matthews Band and Dashboard Confessional mm-hmm. it's John Mayer. Yeah, totally. John Mayer is the in- perfect in-between of Dave Matthews Band totally. and Dashboard Confessional, right? Yeah. It's like hard on my sleeve. It's like trying to like make you like sad or romantic to like him. Um, but also best... secretly, like, a very good guitar player. Also, I think there's also some Dookie stories with John Mayer, too. <laughs> yeah, but, probably. Um, but yeah, anyway, it, 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 I was just thinking that earlier. Like, that's kind of like the progression of things as yeah. you see see that fuckboy music evolve throughout the decades. Now I have no idea what it would be. Well, we'll get there. Ed Sheeran? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I haven't been young in a while. All right. All right. That is that Rachel, thanks for talking to me about Dave Matthews band this week. Yeah. Hello listeners and welcome back to the very special hat of Tide. time 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 time, time, time,
1: time. Now, everyone knows here in this hat that we have right here.
0: It's a real hat.
1: It's a real hat, and it is called the Hat of Time. And inside the Hat of Time contain tons of little pieces of paper that hold on them events and dates and things that happened within the generation gap time, basically around 1996 to 2006 or 2008, around there.
0: Right. We will put our hand into the Hat of Time, and our hand will travel back in time and give us an event event from that time in which our hand went back to.
1: <laughs> then we'll each uh, explain where we were at that time and how we uh, how we relate to that moment in time.
0: All right. All
1: right, so we just said time a lot. Uh, so time. Sam, Sam, why don't you uh, be the first to dip into the hat of time?
0: All right, here we go. Throwing the hand and ooh, that feels far into the past. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, here we go. I've got it. It's right here. Yeah, let me see. The... Nipple incident. The Super Bowl with oh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Rachel, I believe this was 2001. I'll look it up. But uh, what is your relationship to that?
1: It was in 2001. It was definitely around 2004 is my guess. But look it up. Or Denise. We'll get Denise on that. So She's so handy. Uh, I've got a great uh, nipple incident uh, memory. Uh, I think it was around 2004. And I was... 23 or so and uh, I was with obviously my ex at the time that we already mentioned unfortunately and the Fishers Matt and Dana Fisher who we know very well they were in our wedding they uh, had TiVo okay and that is an important part of the story we went to their place we used to watch football with them every Sunday Uh, and we went to their place to watch the Super Bowl and we were watching that moment and I literally remember going, wait, 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 wait. I feel like I just saw Janet Jackson's nipple. <laughs> Can we rewind it? And we must have rewound we 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 t- retevoted that moment like a million times, going back, watching it in slow motion, et cetera. And then, of course, uh, it came out that that was like the most, at least at the time, the most tevoted moment in history. That that was my that was my memory with that. I was around twenty three. Was it 2004?
0: 2004, you're right. Yeah, yeah. interesting, the most tivo moment. It seems like, well, wouldn't it have been the Super Bowl? It's like, you can't just, like... It was
1: just that moment, You can't though. just
0: record that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, similarly, my family was also an early adopter of TiVo, and so we also did that, but instead of my friend, it was my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so less cool! How
1: old were you during this moment? Uh,
0: 2004, I would have been, like, 14, 13. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was just, it went on forever. Nipplegate, as it was called. It just, like, went on forever, I remember. Like, we, we live in a very fast news cycle now. But this took up months of the news. <laughs> was, like, we may have seen a pop star's nipple. Which is crazy, because it's not like Janet Jackson is not, like showing a, off stuff, yeah, you know what I and mean? Like, what's J- the deal? Around
1: that same time, Jennifer Lopez went to what was it, the MTV Music Awards or something? In like pretty much nude, like she just wore like a sheath of like see-through cloth. Uh, I mean, that's that is ridiculous. But the, the, I mean,
0: they go into the locker room after the game. You're definitely seeing some man nipples, tons of nips. Yeah. yeah,
1: nips everywhere, yeah. Uh, all right, well, can I dip into the hat of time
0: if you dare? Uh, if I dare.
1: Okay. The Blair Witch Project. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. The Blair Witch Project. This
0: is very good.
1: Wow. What year was that?
0: I'll look it up. Janet?
1: Jan- no, Denise.
0: Uh, hold on. I have mine. Janet?
1: Oh, we each have Will you, will
0: you ask Denise to go look up the year <laughs> that this came out?
1: Oh, my God. I found it. 1999. So, uh, yeah. What's your experience with the Blair Witch Project, Sam? Well,.
0: well as a young filmmaker in 1999 an 8-year-old with an over the shoulder camera camcorder that you just pop vhs's into oh awesome the blair witch project is what adults told me i was making <laughs> i had no idea what it was i i had heard you know i i mean i was a kid and i so i didn't see the movie in the theaters i don't i don't think i've ever seen the movie actually mm. but i do know what it is and i I, at the time, I did think I thought it was real, you know. Like yeah, that was the
1: whole thing. Like for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, like the Blair Witch Project was the the first kind of movie I feel like where, or at least of my generation, where where. The whole like mar- there was this whole story around the movie, which was that this was a real found tape, found footage that they made into a movie. So you didn't know if it was like edited or an actual something spooky that had happened in real life, mm-hmm. which is great marketing. Super fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one of the first found footage horror movies or at least um, it defined the genre for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, so I saw The Blair Witch Project, which is surprising for me, right? Because I hate horror movies. So I saw The Blair Witch Project in 1999 in Israel, where I was doing my study abroad. And... I, uh, my, my roommates and I, my, my roommates, Julie and Alicia and I, we got these like month, we got this awesome movie pass. Actually, it was like movie pass before movie pass. Remember movie pass? Uh, Movie pass. Come on. But movie pass. Bring it back. It was like this one really cool old theater in Jerusalem and we could see unlimited movies there. It was insane. And so we went to see the Blair Witch Project. And the only reason I went was because I already knew it was fake because I was too afraid to see it otherwise. And um, but my my greatest memory actually of seeing it was it was I think one of the first movies I had seen in Israel. So, but I didn't know. So we're watching it and we're in the middle of the scene that's becoming like super climactic and really crazy. And in the middle of it, the screen just kind of like like goes out like it's cut, and everyone just jumps up, pops cigarettes in their mouths, and just like walks out. And I'm like, what is happening? And Alicia and Julie are like, oh, it's intermission. Like they have smoke breaks in the middle of movies. And of course, this was 1999 and it was in Israel. I, I don't know if they still do that today. I kind of doubt smoking is as popular anymore. But they didn't like wait for a good moment. It was just like, well, it's time. So even if you're in the middle of the most climactic thing, they just would cut the movie and everyone would go outside to smoke a butt. I just thought that was so weird.
0: Man, that is crazy. <laughs> well, luckily you were watching the Blair Witch Project, so there was no climax, right? It was spooky. <laughs> it's actually very surprising for me to hear that you went to a movie in the theaters, a horror movie about witches.
1: I know. I'm super afraid of witches. I am, really don't like horror movies in general, but I don't know. We'll have to ask Alicia how I somehow got roped into going. I also remember seeing in that same theater um, American Pie, which I'd already seen, but that was a a really funny experience, too, because the translations are just hilarious. Uh, But anyway, that's the hat of
0: time, 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 time. Time.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap podcast.
0: I've been Sam DeRose.
1: I've been And will continue to be
0: Rachel Rosenthal.
1: Join us next week and like and subscribe, tell your friends and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, review us on Apple Podcasts if that's still a thing. Maybe Spotify
1: if that's still a thing.
0: Who knows, in this crazy, tumultuous world, all we can hold on to is each other. (laughs) Good night.